Iowa post game here with Coach Gary Close. I'm Corey Braddy, your host, and we are discussing Iowa's heartbreaking loss. Is that a fair word to use for this game? Gary, you've been a coach a long time. Is that a heartbreaking loss for the Hawks? I think that describes it real well, for sure. 74-72, as you know, Gary, a 15-point lead in the first half for Iowa. Tremendous offensive start. Um, built, again, a 15-point lead. Had problems um, building on that lead uh, because Kofi Coburn was really difficult to contain down low, which is expected. Um, Iowa struggled at the free throw line. We can certainly discuss those struggles, but ultimately had a chance there at the end. First of all, Keegan Murray with three free throws, had he made all three, would have put them up and potentially one stop could have won the game. He, of course, makes one of three. And then Chris Murray with a, with a really good look. I really liked the look from the corner, Gary. Your thoughts on the three-point attempt? It, it looked online. I thought it was going down. Yeah, I thought that was excellent execution and got the shot they wanted, and that goes in, the game's over. So uh, that's all you can ask is to get a good look, and they did, and unfortunately didn't go in. And to run through some of the numbers here, Keegan Murray with 22-11. and 11. Now, not as an efficient night as we're used to with Keegan, what was going on with Keegan? What was in, uh, Illinois doing to him, Gary, that made it difficult for him to get his offensive rhythm? I don't know if they did anything special. They're a pretty physical team, so that may have bothered him a little bit. I think, I think he had some shots that he normally makes. Um, you know, he shoots a little better from the free throw line, and he puts up, you know, puts up his normal big numbers. So, um, you know, one of those nights uh, that all all players go through. It's you know, you don't think he plays real well, and then he gets a double double and that's how good a player he is. So um, he'll he'll be back. He'll um, I think he's, he's poised for a really good Big Ten tournament. If I may say so myself, uh, I believe this was I believe Tony Perkins was the MVP for Iowa tonight. Maybe you'll debate that. But 17 and 12 and 12 big boards because you're going up against a team that has traditionally dominated, and I mean dominated Iowa on the glass. If you go back and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we know they dominated Iowa back in December on the glass. And we did not see Josh Agundale deployed one time in this game. We did see him again back in December, body up Kofi Coburn briefly. How big was Tony Perkins' play as specifically crashing the glass? He played terrific. You know, you, you can see his confidence growing. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I think they got out rebounded by 29 in the first game and turned that around completely in this one. And he had a lot to do with 12 rebounds for a guard is really strong. So that's good to see as you head into the postseason. You got another guy that's that's up in his up in his game. So real encouraging. 42 to 38 was the rebounding battle tonight, of course, in favor of the Illini. But that's a number you can probably live with if you're Fran. Yeah, and I, you know Iowa missed some missed some shots late that uh, they normally normally make, which added to the rebound total. And I thought they, especially in the first half, defended real well and finished with good strong rebounds. And I think for the first time this year, maybe Corey, I think their offense struggled a little bit early, uh, just getting their rhythm and their defense kept them in the game. And then once their offense hit hit stride, they they built a pretty good lead. I, th- I thought defensively they were really strong in the first half up until the last couple of minutes right before halftime where that was a big part of the game changing because uh, Illinois got it close and had some momentum going into halftime. 
Let's talk about free throws. And b- by the way, for anybody who's tuning in, we do expect to be joined by uh, uh, former Iowa great James Moses. Uh, we're waiting on him. But let's talk about free throws here for a second, Gary. Um, Iowa 10 of 22. We know this is a good free throw shooting team. Now, the majority of these shot attempts were from three guys, Tony Perkins, Keegan Murray, and Chris Murray. Chris Murray misses three straight late. Keegan misses two of three. How do you address that as Fran, especially with the season now over and heading into postseason play? Is there anything you can do other than just say you'll make you'll make them the next time? I think so. I you know those those two kids are hardworking kids and uh, they feel as badly as anybody and it's just one you know one of those deals um, where it just you know just didn't fall for them. You know if they were weren't very good free throw shooters, then that'd be one thing. Although you know Keegan has struggled at times from the free throw line, but. Um, you know, Tony's been shooting over 80%. So that was a surprise that he didn't shoot better. So sometimes that happens, you know, you get, uh, you get a guy miss all of a sudden, a couple guys are missing. Same thing as all of a sudden all of them are making it. So hopefully we got that out of our system and head into the turn where we'll shoot better from the free throw line. What did you think of the officiating in this uh, game, Gary? Because I mentioned it to you as soon as we jumped on here before we went live, I thought it was uh mediocre at best um there were a lot of missed calls now i don't expect to get a bunch of calls going your way when you're going on the road in champaign um yeah but i just thought i was disappointed once again in the big 10 officials and i i hope that it's not just this game i've seen it, it certainly in other games um not involving iowa i think there's a problem with consistency in the league right now can you speak on officiating for a moment yeah i i you know i you know we, we've had this before and i really haven't said much about the officiating. Um, but I thought tonight uh, there was some real questionable calls. The one late on Murray when he shot faked and uh, looked like he got fouled out by the three-point line. I thought he made a great finish around a basket and arms were down that he went through that wasn't called. So I, I think they did miss some out there. You have to go back and look at the tape. Sometimes when you do that, it doesn't look quite as bad as when you see it live. But uh, I thought there were some out there. And in a tight game, Obviously, that's very important. So um, certainly didn't get a lot of breaks from the officiating. There's no question about that. Jordan Bohannon struggling tonight, Gary, and uh, I can pull up his numbers here. But uh, what would you attribute that to? We talked about Trent Frazier and how good he is. But was this just a matter of physicality and and, uh, just an off night for Jordan? Well, I think he went up against a real good defensive guard. I don't think there's any question. And. And it didn't get a lot of looks, period. Um, he's played very well defensively all year. And, and um, I think his assignment was just to not even let him shoot the ball, much less um, get him any open looks. So give Illinois credit. And I think in J-Bo's case, not forcing it um, was good. I, you know, he did the shots weren't there and tried to do some other things. So another guy scored. Uh, some of that defense may have opened it up for Tony in, in that um, they played so much attention to J-Bo. So. Um, he's played real well down the stretch and, and uh, hopefully he can get some open looks in the big 10 tournament. Yeah. So Jordan with, um, zero points, zero of two from three. So, uh, that is a difficult, difficult night for, uh, one of the best three point shooters in big 10 history and one of the best free throw shooters in big 10 history. So the fact that you can't get Jordan to the line doesn't help your numbers. Um, from a player's perspective, I mean, we address the free throw issue from Fran's perspective and how he addresses it, uh, if at all. Um, from from Keegan and Chris's perspective, because I'm sure those two kids feel 
just rotten right now, Gary. Um, mm. And I'm not I'm by, by any means blaming this loss on either one of those two guys individually. But I can imagine that they're thinking, you know, Chris is thinking if I'd only made that last three, if I had only made two of my three free throws, etc. Um, what do you do as a player to stay level-headed, knowing you've got the Big Ten tournament coming up, but also figuring out how to uh, fix these issues that have cropped up? Yeah, I think you just put it behind you. Um, and then they're both real hard workers. They'll continue to work hard. Uh, confidence is really important. And um, hopefully they can get on a roll to where their confidence can grow a little bit. Um, but it's um, – I don't think it's something you can belabor. I don't think that'll help you. Hey, it wasn't your night. Let's go back to work. Let's put it behind us and see if we can get on a streak. All right, I'm going to open up the call lines. Please keep the calls – Somewhat short. We got a lot of people on here watching right now. And again, we hope to be joined momentarily by former Hawkeye James Moses. But the call to uh, ask a question, comment 515 635 1601. 515 635 1601. I thought Peyton Sanford played well. He made three big shots in that first half, Gary. Um, I want to swing back around to another reserve that we've seen his role diminish more and more if he ever really had one. And I don't mean to single him out, but I guess I'm going to. I mentioned Joshua Gundelay not seeing the floor. Kofi Coburn was eating Iowa up in that first half. I felt like uh, Iowa had problems getting on the glass against Kofi, which is understandable because you're undersized. Are you at all surprised that we didn't even see a little bit of Kofi Coburn or excuse me, a little bit of, of Joshua Gundelay against Kofi? No, he, he hasn't played much recently, and and um, I thought defensively were very good in the first half. Uh, and even though Coburn had, you know, obviously had some baskets, but um, he's going to get them. I mean, he he's that good. I mean, he's been doing that against everybody. So um, I thought they made him work for work for points. They didn't give him a lot of easy easy baskets. Didn't foul him a lot. Um, so I thought I, I thought they did. You know, I thought their defense was fine. Um, hey, we, we make a few more free throws, and we're not even talking about it. I mean, it, it, the game's over, and we're moving on. So they, you know, when you go on the road, you're playing a team that's trying to win the Big Ten championship in a hostile environment, senior night. All you want to do is give yourself a chance to win, and they did, uh, and they did that with their defense, um, and shoot a little better from free throw line, or knock that three down in the corner, and. We're, we're thinking entirely different about the whole outcome. So that's why you've got to, you know, you got to be consistent in how you're thinking. You can't, you know, be too um, overreactive of what happened because I made shot here, made free throw there, and we're feeling pretty good about our chances and an unbelievable streak going down, going down the stretch here that uh, they deserve a lot of credit for. So they're, you know, they're playing well. Um, they're in position to do something in the Big Ten tournament as well as the NCAA tournament, and I think put this game behind us and and uh, get ready for. Uh, I guess it would be Thursday night, right? Yep, Thursday against the winner of uh, Northwestern and Nebraska. I think I know who this next caller is. So, caller, if you're here, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Corey. Yes. How are is this, you? Is this the real MVP? MVP? I didn't hear that noise that tells me I'm on. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you are on, my brother. 
okay, uh, what what would you be what would you think you're wrong about? <laughs> I was just wait, I was just confirming that you were our first call. Okay, I was going to say, uh, well, <laughs> the first thing I would like to ask you and the coach is. Mm-hmm. Is it is there a positive in the fact that even though Iowa was horrible from the free throw line, people are complaining about the refs, but yet they only lost by two points against maybe the best team in the Big Ten outside of Iowa. We're playing the best right now. What are your thoughts, Gary? More- I think they are. I don't think there's any question. Um, like we had talked about, you make a couple more free throws, Keegan hits that shot, and they're the talk of the league. Um, so no, they're playing, they're playing real well. That's, uh, that's a tough road trip. They just finished up. They got a win at Michigan. Michigan turns right around and beats Ohio state at Ohio state today. And they, they lead the Illinois team for most of the game, um, and in control for most of the game. So, uh, it's a real good Illinois team. Um, got to give them credit for making a run there to get, you know, get back in the lead. And, and, um, so, there's a lot to be uh, positive about. Um, I think you you put this game behind real quick and see if see if they can do some damage in this tournament. Well, the the next thing I'll ask, and I haven't heard this been mentioned yet, is in my opinion the most critical moments of the game was the last three minutes of the first half and the beginning of the second half. Iowa was up 12, 40 to 28, but at halftime they were only up six. That, in my opinion, just gave a little bit of momentum to Illinois, and they kind of uh, didn't take control, but they were in the game, and they were gaining ground on Iowa rapidly. How significant, about that how significant is end-of-half momentum, Gary, in your experience? It's big. Now, there's no question about it. You like to finish on a strong note, and um, you know, I think Iowa had some good looks uh, that they did knock down. Uh, and played real. I mean, I think there was. I think they even said on the TV there's like 11 or 12 possessions in a row they scored, which is an ungodly number against a pretty good defensive team on their court. Uh, so they had a lot of good moments offensively in that in that first half. Um, but when you're playing a team as good as Illinois and you're playing them on their court and they're going for big game champs, they're gonna have runs. Um, and uh, but I agree. I think the run at the end of the half um, was. Um, was big because uh, Iowa really had controlled the entire first half for the most part and and uh, could have had a bigger lead, which would have helped. And i got to ask you about the free throw shooting. Like, how is – does the fact that it's on a road game matter to the players? I know as fans we like to think us being interactive and doing a bunch of weird moves and dances and noises impacts the free throw shooting. Does that actually matter? Oh, I think it can. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a tough uh, tough thing to think about in terms of um, whether it happens or not. I'm, I'm sure it happens at times. I mean, their their kid missed a free throw at home. That was a big free throw um, that gave uh, Iowa a chance to win the game. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a tough deal. That's a that's a lonely position sitting out there all by yourself trying to knock knock big free throws down, um, but they'll learn by it. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see both the Murray kids make some big free throws, hopefully in one of these tournaments. Um, they're too good of players not to, and 
uh, as, as Corey has said, I'm sure they take a lot of responsibility for that. And, and, um, but there are a lot of other possessions that they'd like to have back in addition to the free throws that, um, could have made a decision, which when, when it came down, basically a one possession game. Okay. And Corey, I've got to ask you, and have you seen the bracket yet? The big 10 bracket? Yeah, I mean, I just glanced at it. I know that Iowa gets Rutgers if they get past the winner of Northwest Nebraska. I didn't look at the rest. I know Illinois is the one seed, and um, after that, I really didn't take much of a notice. I'll look at it tonight. Well, well, uh, okay, then you know enough. The thing I was going to ask you is, is there any worry that because Nebraska just beat Wisconsin, is there any worry about that game if it's Nebraska you faced in the first round? Yeah. No, absolutely. I said that to Gary before we jumped on. Nebraska is not the team I want to face in that second round. Absolutely. And, and how big is it that you guys lost a double bot tonight? I'm going to grab this from JMO real quick. Sure. Yeah, I don't really know um, how to answer that question, Drill MVP, because I'll say this. You know, you, you mentioned this in the women's tournament. You called in the other night. Um, you brought up the fact that, you know, Sometimes a team that has that game the day before actually plays better, right? Yes. That, that yes. does happen. So yes. I, I think there might be something to that. Um, Iowa cannot lose that game. I mean, you, you cannot go into the big, into the NCAA tournament with a first-round exit or the, the first game exit. I know it's not technically the first round of the Big Ten tournament, but you, you need to win that first game. And Rutgers is a very winnable game. I'm, 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 I'm fine with Iowa playing Rutgers. That's the one team in the top four of the big 10 that I'd want to play or mo most rather play. So, you know, maybe it'll actually help them. Rutgers gets an extra day off as well. Um, and so I don't know. It, it's it, Nebraska's playing well right now. We'll see what they do against Northwestern. Cause I could also see Nebraska laying an egg against the Wildcats. I would not be shocked to see Northwestern win oh. that game. Oh, I mean, there's a reason they're a 13th seed. I mean, I get it. They just beat Wisconsin, but they're 10 and 20. Well, they also beat Ohio State on the road. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they are still 10 21. It's not like right. they're great. And then, I mean, I'm hearing, I've seen people in the chat say if they get to the semifinals, they would play Illinois. Everybody should stop overlooking Michigan. I mean, Michigan plays Indiana, then plays Illinois. It's very possible Michigan makes the semifinals. Yeah. I mean, uh, right now I think Michigan's playing well. I mean, they're I think they're a tournament team. Ultimately, I know they struggle with COVID and different things, but uh, yeah, I think the Big Ten tournament is wide open right now. I would probably favor Illinois because the Wisconsin loss. I would it just kind of blindsided me. Um, Illinois is the best team in the conference right now. I think I think Purdue has. I think Purdue might be the most talented. But I believe Illinois would be the best team in the conference right now. So, but you never know. It's a tournament thing, so uh, it's hard to predict. Oh, yeah. That's the fun of the tournament. Absolutely. And, well, the last little bit of nugget is I was actually being a team already qualified for the tournament in Longwood, the Longwood yeah. Lancers. Yeah. There you go. Bring the first game of the season. Yeah. So, congrats on you guys and good luck in the tournament. Thanks, sir. Appreciate the call. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, good point. Uh, Gary, I know the tournament yeah. committee is not going to look at that that win against Longwood as anything special, but they won the, the regular season of the Big South and they won their conference tournament. That's uh, a you know if you're going to schedule a Longwood, 
you know, gentlemen a year where they're they're up, and they certainly were this year, beating a, a Winthrop team today, dominating Winthrop, who had been to two straight NCAA tournaments. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, our line is open here: five one five six three five sixteen zero one. Five one five six three five sixteen zero one. Doug brings up the minutes for Jordan Bohannon. It's funny. Most people, and I'm not picking on Doug here, um, Gary, but most people will um, typically get mad because Jordan Bohannon's playing too many minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a lot. Now, Doug says Jabo sitting 15 minutes in the first half got him out of the game. Were you surprised that I thought maybe there was something going on physically with Jordan? Because I did think Fran really didn't go back to him until what five minutes to go in the game. That did surprise me a bit. Maybe a little. I think in the first half, um, they got on a great roll. Um, they were playing great defense. They were widening their lead. And I think Fran went with that group and and rightfully so. Um, it was um they were playing well together. So and he's done that well all year long, you know, going with a hot hand. And I think it was the right call um, because that's where they stretched it out to a 15-point lead. Let's take our next call here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey, this is Vincent. Just a, a comment and a, um, some positive stuff, and I'll hang up. Um, okay. First, Tony Perkins, excellent game. I think he's really finding his, his stroke. He's finding his rhythm. Um, and who he is as a player. So just really impressed, extremely impressed with him tonight and what he did uh, as a player, uh, just really confident uh, in his game. You can see that. Um, secondly, uh, the officiating, yes, was was questionable. But I've seen some in the chat saying that the officiating was the, you know, the, the varying factor in the game. I don't believe that. I mean, yes, the officiating was questionable, but we still still had a chance at the end of the game to – uh, to win it um, with the three from Murray. Sometimes your free throws um, just don't fall. And tonight was kind of one of those nights that typically we're a, you know, above 75 or 76% free throw shooting team. And kind of like uh, coach close said that just, you just have those nights and you move on from it. <clears throat> and lastly, just some positive stuff. You look at what I, where Iowa was at at the beginning of the big 10 season, or, or I guess kind of midway through, we're sitting at four and six. Um, we end at, 12 and eight um, and a 22 and, and nine record. So you got to give credit to the, the players um, credit to, to coach Fran uh, for where he got or for where he has gotten these guys and just excited to see what we do in the NCAA tournament and then what kind of noise you can make in the big 10 tournament. And thank you for the time, Corey. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Vincent. Yeah, those are all good points. Um, I think uh, to blame the officials, um, you know, I, I don't believe in blaming the officials here. I think you could make a claim, Gary, that officiating lost Iowa the Rutgers game in Piscataway because it was just a ridiculous call to end that game. Um, you know, and there were a series of bad calls in this game. But, yeah, I mean, you just make a couple of those free throws. You know, you don't shoot 44% or whatever it was, and uh, you win this game. So, um, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's plenty of reason. I see Ben's comment here. Ben says uh, – he said he was looking forward to hearing Gary's thoughts on the officiating. So <laughs> appreciate you being honest about that, Gary. I know as a coach, how often did you, just a random question. How often did you have to talk to the media as an assistant coach throughout your career? Did um, you talk? Not, not a great deal. Usually if you had the scout, um, they might, uh, they might want to talk to you a little bit about the upcoming opponent or, 
in some cases, maybe an individual player that you've been working with, but but not not a ton. That's usually left for the – they don't want to hear from the assistant coaches. <laughs> uh, they want, they want the main did, dog. You did get a technical, though, one time, right, for something officiating related? Yes, I did. I got one technical while I was at Iowa, unfortunately. All right, we got another call here coming in. Maybe. Let's see if we can answer our caller. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey. It's Jared Thatcher. Hey, Jared. You don't sound as chipper. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one tonight. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before, but I'm also a Badger fan. And uh tough loss there as well. Boy, but, tough um, day for you. Yeah, Hawks, yeah <laughs> tough, tough day. But uh, Hawks, the Hawks, you know, they, they fought hard tonight. I was proud of them. I think they did well overall. But uh, just down the stretch, I mean, they blew that, I think, 12-point lead. They had at one point in time. 15. Right? Um, 15, Fif- yeah. 15-point lead, yeah. Yeah, so th- that was tough to see. But, you know, I think going – I feel good about them going into the Big Ten tournament. And at what seed are they going to be? Do you, do you know? Say that again. The seed of the Big Ten tournament for they're, – they're, fi- they're the five. So they'll play – the winner of the 12-13 game, which is Northwestern Nebraska. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, but I think, you know, the X factor for me has been Jordan Bohannon. And, you know, he did not show up tonight at all. I've been very critical of him throughout uh, this year, and he's had some great games. But you see what happens when they, you know, he doesn't show up and and has scored zero points. And, uh, you know, they had a tough loss. Yeah, I mean, like I said, part of it, I think, was he I, – I mean, the what, what I saw was just Illinois typically plays him real physical. I, I'd love to look back at the numbers as to when he's played really well shooting the ball against against Illinois. They seem to know how to get him off his spots and, and make things difficult on him. And, yeah, he, he – Fran obviously liked what he saw from Tony Perkins, for instance. And, um, yeah, I, I would say that uh, – I would say that, that Jordan, there were a, a number of factors that went into it tonight. And you just hope that once we get tournament play um, against, well, I mean, you got to go up against Big Ten uh, opponents here uh, in the interim. But uh, once we get to NCAA tournament time, I would I would hope that that physicality, the lack thereof, or at least the change of officiating that I hope we'll see, will do Jordan favors because he's he's been playing well. We got to admit that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he has. Um especially the past like several games, but then tonight he was a, a non-existent and um, they needed his uh, three-point shooting. They needed his uh, support. They didn't get that. And um, and then Keegan did all he could, but uh, at the end it uh, wasn't enough. Amen, brother. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Corey, buddy. I'll Thanks, talk Jared. Thanks. Yep, talk to you soon. Appreciate the call. And I believe we've got uh, former Iowa – Hawkeye right. James Moses, we are adding. How are you, sir? All right, I'm doing good. How are you both doing? Yeah, doing we are doing. Uh, well, we've been better after after yeah, you know, but given true. the Iowa loss. But uh, before we get to your thoughts on the game and just uh, you know your thoughts on this team, because we'd love to to get your opinion heading into the postseason. Um, can you fill everybody in, James, on on where you're at now and what you're doing? Are you still? Last I knew, you were living in in Eastern Iowa. Uh, actually, uh, moved from Cedar Rapids about a year and a half ago. 
Um, now I'm on the western side of the state uh, in Urbandale, so which is in Des Moines. Uh, I work in corrections. I was able to transfer from the 6th district uh, to the 5th district. I work in the uh, trauma unit, uh, and I have probation, uh, cli probationary clients. Uh, so I get a chance to hold them accountable, but I'm trying to prevent them from being institutionalized in our uh, state prisons. Uh, so I get the uh, I get the good opportunity to work with uh, the judges, county attorneys, as well as uh, treatment agencies and various individuals in the community. And I get a chance to be a part of uh, our clientele that we service. Uh, as they try to take um, ownership and uh, independence at trying to function and live the lifestyle that uh, we all try to live each day. So, James, may I ask you what your major was in at the University of Iowa? Uh, my major was uh, in liberal arts. Uh, I was uh, uh, English major, so uh, it 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 uh, that's that's what I, I spent a lot of time at uh, EPB on the campus of the <laughs> university. <laughs> what is EPB? EPB is the building for our, uh, our, uh, uh liberal arts and, uh, English was, uh, okay. I, I spent a lot of time in that building. Well, that's, uh, it, first of all, Gary, before we get to our call here, cause we do have a call coming in, I'm going to put you on, on hold here, caller. So you won't hear anything, but Gary, what was James like as a player? Did you expect him to end up in corrections? That's interesting. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Um, Jay Mo was, was an enjoyable guy to coach. Uh, he, as you can tell, just watching right here, he always had a smile on his face. He always wanted to improve, get better. Great teammate. Uh, never saw a shot he didn't like. <laughs> and most of them went in. Uh, and uh, terrific family. And we got him all the way off the West Coast. We brought him, brought him back to Iowa, and he's never left. So I get, that tells you a little bit about the state of Iowa and how they've embraced him and how he's embraced the state. And always, always a fun time to run into Jay Mo. Well, it's it's a pleasure having you on here, James. I'm going to get to our next caller here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, this is Pat out in Wyoming. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing all right, Pat in Wyoming. How are you? I'm doing well. How do you think anybody in the NCAA tournament can beat Iowa? How do I think anybody in the NCAA tournament can beat Iowa? Like, what's the formula to beat the Hawks? No, how, how, yeah, how, how would they do it? Iowa doesn't turn the ball over. They're a great shooting team, they're playing good defense. How, how do you stop them? Well, Illinois managed a way tonight, but uh, Gary, what, what are your thoughts? What's the formula for tournament teams to beat Iowa? Well, you know, I think it, I think I think that's a good point. That's how well they're playing right now, uh, and it's you know this this one stings a little bit, uh, and yet I think you look at the game probably twenty five minutes, maybe more. They really played good basketball. Uh, you got to give Illinois credit for. You know, making a terrific comeback. That's a really good basketball team that you know that they played. So, um, I think uh, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, I think one of the things they did was you know did a nice job on Jaybo. Uh, you got to make uh, they make Keegan work for his baskets, and he didn't. You know, he had a solid game, but it wasn't anything unbelievable. I think you try to beat him on the boards. Although I was getting better at that, 
but I think they're going to be a tough out, both in the Big Ten as well as in the NCAA. I think if a team beats them, they're going to have to play really well. And uh, I think it's going to be a good team that will beat them if they do. So uh, I'm very encouraged going in. I think they're in really good position to make long runs in both. It's a crapshoot, as, as Jay Mo knows. You can, you know, you have one off night in either one of those tournaments, you could be gone. Uh, and that's the that's the beauty of it all. But um, I think as, as Hawkeye fans, you got to be feeling pretty good at, at how they're playing heading into uh, heading into March Madness. So um, I'm looking forward to watching. Hey, Corey, I'll sign off with this. Iowa rolls to the Final Four. Go, Corey, dog. Appreciate <laughs> it, in Wyoming, uh, I'd be okay with a Final Four, and uh, I'd be okay with with taking on the nickname Corey Dog if that means we, we get a trip to the, the Final Four. Um, yeah, I I, I I agree with everything you said, Gary. Uh, James, do you want to weigh in on Iowa and, and what they how they project forward in a tournament setting? I, I think Iowa, despite the loss tonight, because I mean, when you look at the loss, I mean, had they made free throws, I mean, they went. They missed 10 of probably about 12 to 13, maybe 14 free throws uh, in the second half alone. And that's tough when you're on the road and you're playing a team like Illinois. Uh, but in terms of what I uh, feel, I think Iowa definitely has the formula to go because they are a tough guard. I mean, yeah, Illinois had, pro- had you know, Kofi Coburn, but uh, there's, there's not a lot of uh, teams that can really match up with Iowa. Uh, uh, and they, they create a challenge because they have shooters that can hit from the outside. You know, you have Chris, who's had a pretty good game. Uh, you also have uh, Jordan, Bohan, and J-Bo, who just didn't get off to the best start, got into foul trouble early. Uh, you also, you know, look at Peyton Sanford, who came in and uh, didn't have much of a, a game uh, last time, but he was ready for his time when he came into the game. And and then you just have the other compliments. Perkins is just playing out of his mind right now. I thought uh, Joe Troussant had a, a great floor game uh, that, you know, led to, you know, the, the lead that Iowa had when they went up uh, 15. But just, you know, it came down to not hitting some of those free throws. So when you look at them going to the final four or when you look at the formula uh, for teams, opposing teams that uh, will have to play against them, it's going to be a tough guard, as Coach Close said. Mm-hmm. Let's get to our next caller here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Lomansky, Corey. Lomansky, sir. How are you? Good. I'm going to make it brief. i am got questions for all three of you. Uh, the first one is we had 29 points in the second half, but I'm kind of pleased there are three horses. Keegan, Chris, and Tony did most of the work, and I can live with uh, falling short when the the talented people are getting the ball. I think that's coaching and great uh, player awareness. The second thing is I like your comments about what the whistles will be in the uh, field of 68. Uh, I just can't envision a, a whistled game in the field of 68 like tonight that would just drive me nuts but uh uh you all have experience with that and i'll hang up and listen to your comments thanks lomansky uh, gary your experience you coached in a lot of tournament games um does the how much does the officiating change from a big 10 setting to an ncaa tournament setting well you know we mentioned earlier Corey, officials are graded 
every game in the tournament and they advance uh, if they grade out well and they don't, uh, if, if they don't. And so it'll be interesting to see the Big Ten officials, how far they go. Um, it'll give you kind of an indication of the quality of the officiating in the league. Um, I know uh, in the past when I was there, we had a lot of Big Ten officials that, you know, refereed big final four games, lead eight games, championship games. Um, and it'll be interesting to see now. I think it, the tendency is that it's probably called a little bit closer uh, just because they don't want anything to get out of hand because if it does, then they're probably not going to advance. Uh, so, um, it, you know, it, it's something you got to deal with. Um, but hopefully you're playing well enough where you can, you know, you can offset that. Um, but you'll be, you'll be, you'll be playing, you'll have officials you may have never seen before, uh, that are PAC 12 officials or what have you. So, um, it's, um, it's part of the whole scene of the big 10, excuse me, the NCAA tournament. Which player on Iowa's roster would you say reminds you of James Moses? That's a good question. Um, First thing you said, I know he's not not 6'7", but like Peyton Sanford thinks every shot he takes is going in. (laughs) He does. He played well tonight. In fact, I thought the bench was really good, Um, especially in the first half. I think they had 17 points in the first half off their bench, which is a real real pick-me-up, especially when J-Bo wasn't getting many shots. And that's been kind of the uh, the way Iowa's played this year. People have picked people up when – other guys haven't had their normal game, and that's a sign of a real good basketball team. So I'd say probably Tony Perkins. I think he probably would be – if I had to pick one guy that reminds me a little bit of J-Mo, it would be, uh, it would be Tony. James, that's quite a compliment after the game Tony had tonight. Oh, well, yeah. Tony uh, had a great game, you know, double-double with Keegan and uh, just did a lot that – just a lot of the intangibles. I mean, he's just one of those players that you – like to have on your team he, he gets the 50 50 balls he he's a tough guard for the guards i mean he he uh was able to foul out uh carmelo uh who was uh, uh illinois top guard uh in the closing and and got to the line for a three-point play but then came short you know with the free throw but you know perkins uh just does a lot of things that helps to accent the team uh, I think he also provides that toughness, kind of like Connor uh, McCaffrey uh, has been doing, especially as of late, hitting the shots from the outside. Uh, uh, he he just does that dirty work, and he he helps to complement Keegan, you know. Uh, uh, and 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 he, if you look at it, he's that one guard that can get inside the paint and uh, really mix it up and uh, really really just create some uh, some depth for the Iowa players to be able to shoot from the perimeter on the outside. So I'm a big fan of Tony Perkins, and uh, I thank Coach for giving me that compliment of Mr. Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was a game without um, without Patrick. You know, I think there's a starter that did not play and uh, is, a, is an important part of the team. And um, I think you take everything into consideration. You're playing Illinois. He's got a chance to win the Big Ten Championship on senior night at home. Uh, and they control most of the game and, you know, make a couple free throws. And they walk out of there with a huge win. And everybody's talking about them. I mean, it's 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 that close. So I think you got to be, uh, you know, real, you know, have a proper perspective in a sense that uh, 
uh, losses definitely hurt, uh, but they played pretty well. Um, and I know they're disappointed, but um, uh, it's not like they didn't have a chance. And uh, they're my pick to win the Big Ten tournament. I think they're going to go in there and win it. I'm just going to, I just wanted to pause there so everybody could just process what Coach Close said. So they're going to beat. So who's going to win Northwestern Nebraska? I'm guessing you're going to pick Nebraska right now with how they're playing. Uh, no, I think I'm going to pick Northwestern. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. So Iowa beats Northwestern, Rutgers, and then do they get a semifinal matchup with Illinois? Is that the prediction? Uh, let's see. Illinois is the one, and who's the four? Well, I got to I got to grab the bracket here. Let, uh, I got another call here, so let, let me. Yeah, uh, we'll I'll grab. I'll grab this call. We should get the bracket. It'll be fun to fun to look at. Yeah, we'll look at it here. Uh, thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Luke Wickham here from Orlando, Florida. A uh, longtime Hawkeye fan and, uh, you know, uh, pr- real proud of the Hawkeyes and uh, James Moses and uh, Coach Close there. It's awesome to be on uh, the telecast. We're, we're happy. Good you're you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank so, you. Thank uh, you. Mike. Quick question is, um, is this this team, um, what's the odds of going to the Sweet 16? We haven't been to the Sweet 16 since 1998. I think we have a lot of talent here. Um, and uh, just, you know, percentages, do you think we can get there? I think they're going to make the Sweet 16. So uh, take all your retirement and put on the Hawks and – and it'll, it'll expand, right, J-Mo? <laughs> hey, I, I, just, have... I, I just want that weather that he got down there in Florida. Uh, there you in go. <laughs> but uh, I think have... I was going to surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say the same thing. I, I think they haven't. I don't think this this loss doesn't help doesn't hurt you at all as it relates to tournament seeding. And I think I was at least a six seed right now, Gary. If they lose to a Northwestern or Nebraska maybe that moves them down to a seven. And I'm no bracketologist, but I think as long as you win that game, I think you're a six, which is really important to not have to play a, a one or a two seed. Um, that would be my opinion. I know you didn't call in to hear Corey's opinion. You wanted James and Gary's, but I, I think Iowa's got an opportunity to uh, have a good seed and have an opportunity. Because honestly, once you get past, I've been saying this all year, the top eight or nine teams in the country I think have separated themselves. There, there's a bit of a gap after you get to eight, nine, or ten. That's just my perspective. I think Iowa's playing better than most teams in the country right now. So, yeah, I, I don't know why Iowa couldn't. And I, I also think, let's be honest, this team is built differently than any of these teams that have lost in the first or second round of the tournament during Fran's tenure here. And I, I think that helps them, especially on the defensive end. I agree. Agree. Are you still with this caller? We I think must we lost our caller. Hey, hey, that's good. You just sounded by how how deep we just broke it down there, Gary. There you go. <laughs> that's our it. job, right? Okay, that's our job. Um, okay, I, I do want to get to a few of these questions. I'll kind of just throw these out to both of you, and and we can get kind of get your perspectives on these questions. Um, first one here. This one I know Ben is asking Coach Close, but uh, James, if you want to weigh in on it as well. He says, uh, what would you change regarding Kofi when we meet them in the semifinals? So Ben's already saying you're going to win those first two games. 
Uh, and or excuse me, oh yeah, first two you got to win two to get there, right? You got to play Rutgers and you got to play uh, either Northwestern or Nebraska. So what would you change if you're not going to use a gun delay? How to guard Kofi Coburn? That's a good question. He, I mean, as we mentioned, he's a handful. Uh, you know, there's not been very many teams that have uh, successfully defended him. Um, I think you just got to make him work. You know, make him work for everything he can get. He's going to get some. Try to eliminate the or, or reduce the easy baskets. Um, try to keep the ball out of the post as much as you can. Uh, you know, whether you decide to front them or double team them, uh, they're tough to double team because of the way they shoot the three. Um, they did have a couple uh, possessions where they did double team and and actually got one turnover on a bad pass. So um, I, I thought it was decent. Uh, he's good. I mean, he's really good. He's big. He's physical. We don't have anybody that's can match him in terms of physicality. It's just that's just the way it is. So you gotta you, know, you gotta be creative and just work hard and hope he doesn't just annihilate you and then control everybody else, which is what they did. And um I had a terrific chance of winning the game. So um make him run up and down a court, try to wear him out, maybe get him in foul trouble. You can see he's a little vulnerable to leaving his feet. You know, we got a couple shot fakes where we got him up in the air. Maybe we can get him in foul trouble, get him off the court, you know, things like that. Um, and uh, make him guard, you know, make him move around. And we don't have a we don't have a big guy that can knock threes down and bring him out, outside the paint. But, uh, you know, when when uh, Chris is in uh, and they play, th- play both those guys inside, then that's a possibility. So, um I think you got to be real encouraged with, with the way they played. I, I think um, they really controlled that game other than, you know, some free throws. They win that game. So, um, and like we said, if they win that game, we're, we're talking, you know, we're, we got callers coming on here saying we're going to final four. <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, it's, so, you, you know, you maybe don't go way off board, but then you don't get way down because they miss some free throws. So they're playing well. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. If somebody beats them, they're going to have to play well. Uh, The thing that I would add with uh, Coburn and and piggybacking off of what Coach was uh, uh, stating is is force him to play defense. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you saw that Keegan and Chris and they drove the ball into him, referee gave some fouls, and that's part of the advantage for the Hawkeyes and disadvantage for Kofi because of his size. If you remember when Shaq used to play, Kofi Coburn has that Shaq-like ability but in the Big Ten. So I would say challenge him uh, uh, um, uh, with dribble penetration and try to isolate some size, force him to play D, and see if you can generate some fouls to get him into early foul trouble or foul trouble. Uh, the other thing is is running the court, as Coach says, uh, you know, because – he, he's 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 very athletic. Uh, he's just very unique in in a lot of his playing in, in his play. But you know, getting up and down the floor, I think uh, our speed could help to uh, uh, create our advantage as a hawk as the Hawkeyes as in a disadvantage for Illinois, and and just you know stretch the floor uh, uh, because anytime you can get him away from the board, I mean. Coburn, he was a double-double. He had double-double with like 17 minutes left to go in the second half. So if you can try to keep him from outside the paint as much as possible, sometimes we can get those rebounds, turn him into fast break, and force him to play defense, which can create those uh, dis- create those advantages for us and disadvantage for him by getting him into foul trouble. Good point. So great, great in-depth response from both of you guys. Let's get to our next caller here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? It's James. Hey, James. 
I was just saying, uh, I watched, well, I haven't watched like all the games this year. I watched a lot of them. Obviously, I coach basketball at high school level, so I don't really have time to watch every game. And I probably watch the game different than most people just because I coach basketball, so my head is in a different spot than everybody. But I feel like this team played better than anybody thought they would all year. Like, you know, we were, what were we projected? Nine, eight, I think, to finish, like at the beginning of the year? I think somewhere in there. I think the media had uh, Wisconsin at 10 and Iowa, I think, at nine, I believe. Yeah, so to be fifth is not bad at all, especially for us losing CJ, Joe, Luca, and Jack. Even though Jack didn't play a lot last year because of injury, but it's still like I just like to see him fighting. But the one thing that does scare me, I'm going to be honest with you, I've watched Iowa my whole life, is Fran's record in the Big Ten tournament. I think that's something that we don't talk about enough like i i want to believe in them don't get me wrong but his record in the big 10 tournament just kind of scares me well he's never won more than one game in the big 10 tournament and, and that's not i'm not trying to be you know coach Cl- close was getting after me the other day when i was bringing that up but that is a fact <laughs> he has not won more than one game in the big 10 tournament so this is an opportunity i mean you could look at it a couple different ways they should win two games in the big 10 tournament can we all agree with that uh gary and james they should they should the way they're playing right now beat either Northwestern or Nebraska, and then Rutgers. They're, I think they're going to be the favorite in both of those games. I think they will be, too. I agree. So, James, I, I agree with you. That's it's, it's unfortunate, but I think this is the year they get off the snide, and that would be great to just play on Saturday. And they played on Saturday last year, but they had the double bye to win two games, get some momentum, yeah. and they'll get a um, hopefully a chance to, to rematch against Illinois. But you never know. Illinois may lose as well, and um, – I want to just throw the bracket up here for us to look at for a second. I'm going to get rid of uh, Jordan's comment. So you can see the bracket here, guys. Um, Illinois will play the winner of Indiana-Michigan. And both of those teams, I think we can all agree, Indiana-Michigan are both playing for their tournament lives. So those could be two very desperate teams, whoever wins, playing against Illinois. So there's no guarantee Illinois gets past Michigan or Indiana. Um, so there's no guarantee Iowa will play Illinois in the semifinals. So uh, that's that's the bracket, as you can see, according to the Big Ten Network. Um, Ohio State, of course, at, at the bottom of the bracket, they'll play the winner of the other um, first four game, which is Minnesota and Penn State. So in answer to your question, James, yes, the the, the snide needs to stop this year. I, I believe it will. I feel like Rutgers is also a different team. I think I see something where, like, you don't count the COVID year last year. They've lost, like, what, five games at home in, like, five years or something like that. They play ridiculous at home. But when they play on the road, they don't seem to win as much. So I feel like playing them in neutral site will be a lot easier for us because we struggle at the rack. But playing them on a neutral site, I feel like, gives us a fair advantage. If that makes I agree. Sense. I think Iowa should – I think they'll beat them on a neutral court. Rutgers is dangerous. Um, I just, who would have expected Rutgers to be a four seed uh, going into this no. into this season? And they, they – had a brutal end of the year schedule, and they, you know, not too long ago they were on that roll where they had beaten three or four top-ranked teams. So that's not going to be, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, that's that's a team a lot like Iowa is playing well. Uh, so uh, I worry a little bit about that one, but hopefully, um, hopefully they can get by them because that, that's going to be a, that's going to be a that's going to be a real good basketball game. Rutgers is playing well right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Rutgers is playing tough. Uh, their last few games, uh, they won some big ones. 
Uh, uh, and, you know, when you got someone like Harper who, you know, just creates a lot of disadvantages, uh, their team tends to rally around them and they play very tough. They play very gritty. Uh, but, you know, those those things that highlight a Rutgers or a Purdue or a Wisconsin or Illinois, uh, uh, Iowa has the same dynamics. And those dynamics is, is how we can shoot from the perimeter and uh, 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 and just play tough. I mean, despite, you know, like Coach Close was saying, this game could have been different. We could have been really talking about how Iowa, you know, prevailed, you know, but free throws and and uh, uh, you just have to give Illinois, you know, you have to tip your hat off. They just, just stayed, to, stayed the course and they did what they were able to do. They got an opportunity. Now they share a Big Ten championship because Wisconsin loses to Nebraska. Who would have thought the way Nebraska is playing, but – Nebraska, I mean, can't can't put them out because they did a great job against Ohio State and Wisconsin, you know, today. So the Big Ten is just full of teams that just have great coaching and they have some some great players. And, and uh, you know, I, I understand about the skid with, with Coach McCaffrey, but, you know, it's, it, to me it's always a combination and players have to be able to, to play uh, uh, despite, you know, the bl- coaches taking blame. So balance is what I would say. Absolutely. Anything else, James? Or not, yeah, not just, just James, but James on the call like, on the line. Yeah. Like, I yell at the refs a lot. I feel like more than usual. <laughs> As I coach high school basketball, so I look at it in a different perspective. Like, I think a lot more is a foul than what he probably isn't. But I feel like the refs haven't been good all year, but we kind of just got to deal with it like I tell the players all the time it's like you just got to learn to deal with it just overcome it and the Tony Perkins shot I feel like where the guy like landed on top of him I don't know if you remember what play I'm talking about where he made the lay- the guy went on top of him and he made the layup yeah it was and a foul it was an animal foul again yeah. yeah but I was like that's something like as a coach where you just tell the guy like just fight through it don't worry about the contact just keep fighting through it and just like just keep playing ball and you don't worry about what the rest it's whether the rest call it or not you just keep playing if they call it they call it they don't you gotta live with it absolutely it's a good good perspective sir all right man appreciate the call right. as always thank you thank, thank you, you for, very much thank you for the fun season and we'll talk to you next year thank you sir appreciate it and we're not done i don't think we're gonna be doing post-game shows in the postseason gary are we uh are we done? Are we done for the year? Are you just bouncing out? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm ready for a nice long run at, run in March. Now that the regular season's over, I'm we're done. Jay Moore probably. back on the the, uh, <laughs> yes. the ratings are going way up with Jay Moore on the show. They, they are going up, and I, I have a couple comments here for you, uh, James. Let me see if I can find them again. Um, this comment. The one call I want to find out what happened to James's flat top. <laughs> yeah, when did James Moses lose that awesome flat top? Um, the comment he was here, cut, uh, he? pass it. <laughs> hey. It's the hair you rocked in college, James. <laughs> hey, I got my dad's jeans, and and if I tried to grow out that my flat top, I would have a hole in my natural where my hairline <laughs> would start till next Tuesday. <laughs> that look great. That flat top oh, got James Moe from six four to six seven. Hey, I'm jealous of you, coach. <laughs> I'm jealous of you, Coach. You got that good hair, hairline going too. And, oh, no, and look, at Let me show you look, look, look at Corey. Corey got it going on too. I'm, I'm just sorry. I just hey. got where that where that ball look. Corey's a youngster. I'm a big, 
I was gonna say I got age on my side in that one, James. So uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to our let's get to our next caller here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Yeah, this is Adam from Mason City. I just remember James Moses and, and Coach Close were legends at Iowa during the Dr. Tom era. And uh, I remember going to the Carver Hawk Arena and saying, Six four sophomore from Carson City, California, James <laughs> Moses. On the show and to see Coach Close and the great era of a Tom Dare. It was just awesome. And uh, thank you for um, doing this because I love Hawkeye basketball. And in Mason City, we just love it because we love Dean Oliver and we love Iowa basketball. So we just love your show. Um, what do you guys think about um, Chris Murray? I just really, um, not to be critical, because I think French is the coach of the year for the Big Ten. I just think Chris Murray should get more minutes and just wanted to hear um, Coach Close and, uh, and, and, and James's thoughts. Um, obviously, awesome year for Iowa. I think we're going to go deep in the NCAA tournament. I know you guys are talking about the Big Ten tournament a lot. I don't think that really matters. Big Ten tournament is overrated. It's all about March Madness and the NCAA tournament. That's what really makes a difference. Um, and that's why, you know, which is so important. We have not been to the Sweet 16 since Coach Tom Davis left in 1998 so i just think um chris murray just want to know should he get more playing time not i mean who knows i mean great season thank you sir appreciate the call i I think you're gonna see chris get more and more minutes as the as the postseason goes on um i i you know we've mentioned it numerous times Corey. i think fran's done a phenomenal job of plugging people in and out and going with a hot hand. Um, I, I think, you know, he, he knows he's got certain guys that he can really count on other guys. He's got to kind of play a little hit and miss. Are they on is there, you know, how they're playing, got to kind of coach with his gut. And I think he's done a really, really good job of that. Um, and he, he, there is some truth there. There's no question that, that the NCAA tournament is the big one. I mean, that's, that is the one everybody wants to play for. But I'll tell you what, whoever wins this Big Ten tournament this year is going to pull something off because the league is really strong. Um, you're going to have to beat a lot of good teams to win it. It'll definitely prepare you uh, for March Madness. Uh, and so it's a great opportunity. I think you go in there and you just play your, you know, play as well as you can, as hard as you can, and go advance as far as you can. And then, and then you gear up for the, the big one. Um, but let's play well in this one. I think that's the best way to get ready for the NCAA is play well in the Big Ten tournament and and um, see if we can't win the thing. Uh, piggybacking off of what Coach was saying, Chris is a talent, as you mentioned, and uh, I, I I missed out on the name. I'm sorry, so I'm just going to say you represent Mason City because you gave a nice caveat that uh, <laughs> introduced me back in my playing days, and, and it was nice to play for Coach Close because we shared a common uh, friend, uh, may he rest in paradise, uh, Des Flood uh, out of California. So, you know, my roots started out with Coach Close way before. But nevertheless, uh, Chris is going to take advantage of the times that he get. Uh, uh, Coach McCaffrey has done a great job with, you know, the player personnel. You know, there's argument for, you know, Peyton Sanford. There's argument for uh, uh, Connor McCaffrey, you know, Patrick 
uh, has had some great games and some great contributions. So it's just, you know, a matter of next man up, stepping up, and, and just being ready for the opportunity, you know, because uh, that's the beauty of having talent uh, that you can bring somebody in that can contribute. And uh, so I think, you know, when you get to the NCAA time, which is really everything, because I wouldn't be surprised to see almost eight teams, definitely seven from the, from the you know, the Big Ten, but at least, you know, seven, but maybe eight teams. But, you know, when you get into that tournament play, you know, you have to go on field and you have to go on momentum and you have to go on dynamics and you have to go on fouls and you have to go on, you know, defense and you have to go on just a, a variety of many different things. And I think our players with the personnel that we have, that's what makes us so unique and that's what makes us so dangerous. And, and that's why we have embraced and enjoyed what Iowa has been giving us. And, you know, with Keegan being one of the leaders, you know, but I think the the the, the work ethic was established because of Luca Garza and, and as well as Joe Wieskamp. So you know, Iowa has some good uh, attributes that I think will be able to uh, prevail, and we have to give Coach Fran McCaffrey the chance, who's the coach of the year, I think, uh, uh, to, to 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 use his chess pieces <laughs> and strategically. Uh -huh. And strategically placed them where it's needed, and and made the next man stand up and contribute. Absolutely, well, well spoken. Um, I'm going to hit some quick fire questions here in the chat that I've overlooked. Lomansky says, "Gary, would you have gotten teed up when Kofi hit Keegan at the three pointer with no call?" Uh, no, I, I would have been under control, but uh, I might have said a couple things real quick. But no. That, that was a bad one, though. I got teed up here at home. Uh, my family will tell me because that was, whoa. I mean, I, I, I think it was Kofi. I think if it had been anybody else, they probably would have called a foul. They didn't want that kid to get in foul trouble in such a big game. Um, they, but, they hold, on. hold on a second, Gary. Let me just play double. Yeah, it was Kofi. I get that. But it was also the best player in the Big Ten, in my opinion, Keegan Murray, who got fouled. I so, agree. I, I, they missed it. I think they flat out missed it. Yep. Anyways, but you know, one of the things I wouldn't be surprised, and I obviously I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Coach McCaffrey doesn't mention free throwing at all, and then he goes through possessions where, hey, if we'd have done this and we'd have done that, we still would have won the game. You know, a couple of times we were too far off our man and we gave up an open three. A couple of times we opened up and let the guy get to the basket. A couple of times we forgot to check out and they got an offensive rebound. That's the stuff that you can control. And obviously you can work on your free throws and you can't control the, the referee. And so there were enough possessions in there that they could have cleaned up that would allow them to win the game, even without the bad officiating and the bad free throwing. And that's where they got to put their focus because that's how you improve. Um, if you sit around and complain about the officiating and complain about your free throwing and don't look at the other areas that you're falling short in, then you don't improve. And then you get knocked out. So they, you know, they played a they played a solid game. Probably played well enough to win in a lot of respects. But there were things that they could do better. And I think that's what they'll focus on rather than focusing on their free throw shooting. But I think they'll work at it. But uh, you can talk to your blue and face about free throwing. Um, it's you know, Jay, Jay Mo will tell you it's all confidence. I mean, those guys are good shooters. Um, but when you're out there by yourself. It's just a different deal. And as they get more experience, I think they'll get better and and they'll learn by this experience. And and uh, don't be shocked when one of those kids steps up and hits a winning free throw. It would not surprise me in the least bit. 
And I'm going to put our, our caller on hold here just for a moment because I want to address this comment from Ryan. He says, well, always remember James Moses tipping in a street miss. And oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, 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 that tip in was awesome. But, you know, Chris Street, man, he rests in paradise as well. He gave me the opportunity because AC messed up shooting the ball off the elbow. Chris actually rebounded the ball and had that opportunity. And then he gave it to me. So it was a team effort. And we just got, <laughs> we just got lucky to get out of Bloomington with Bobby Knight there at the time. <laughs> I didn't happen very often. <laughs> How much does that memory stand out for you, Gary, that win? That was a nice plane ride home. Anytime you can beat them. People that haven't been around for a while, you know, Indiana's not been very good of late. Uh, you know, and Jay Mo played and I got in the league. Well, the first year we got in the league, Indiana won the national championship. Um, I mean, they're that good. And uh, their fans are phenomenal. A hard place to play. So anytime you won there, uh, it was like Christmas. I mean, it was it was a blast. Let me just remind everybody too, segueing a little bit back to this game. Iowa was down Patrick McCaffrey. So can we acknowledge yeah. that here? We haven't talked about that one time, but that's a factor, and you hope he gets healthy for Thursday. But I mean, who knows what would have happened with a healthy Patrick McCaffrey in there today? No doubt. All right, let's get to our next caller here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Uh, this is Pat. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great, Pat. Doing How are good. you? Thanks for calling, Pat. Uh, yeah, tough, tough loss. Uh, you know, you really don't have to look past the free throw line, I think, to see where the game was lost. But uh, nice to see James there. Um, glad you're doing well. I, you know, uh, if you're in corrections now, I hope I don't see you anytime soon. <laughs> hey, I agree with you, Pat. I'm hoping not, unless it's just exchanging pleasantries. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe the only guy that smiled more on the basketball court was maybe Magic Johnson. And uh, uh, James, James always had fun playing the game. And so it's really nice to see you, James. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, something, uh, uh, earlier caller alluded to was, was Jabo not showing up, you know, when, when it looks like Jabo doesn't show up, really all you got to do is take a look at the guy that's defending him. Um, yep. you know, he, he does have his issues, you know, when, when he runs against the more, uh, physical and more athletic defender and, and that does happen to it. Uh, you know, Jabo doesn't have the quickness that a lot of guys have. So, that's that's where the issue probably was with him tonight is as he just went up against a tougher defender. Um I, I do think that Iowa is gonna be a a tough out coming out up here in the NCAA tournament. And you know, another caller had said earlier that you know, how how do you beat Iowa? Well, I, I think what you do is you you hope that Iowa plays like they did tonight and beat themselves. Because they're they are gonna be a tough team to beat. Um you know, when, when they're on, you know, who do you defend? You know, they, they, they go deep. So, um, the guys just keep coming. And, uh, so with that, uh, I'm going to close it out and, uh, <clears throat> just let you all know that I still think that Fran Caffrey is the coach of the year in the big 10. So you guys have a great night and, uh, 
Hope to talk to you soon. You take care, James. Good to see you. Oh, thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. Thanks, He'll Pat. He'll certainly get that. some votes, that's for sure, and well-deserved. Appreciate the phone yeah. call, Pat. Have take a great care. night. You bet. Bye. Yeah, I'm 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 all for Fran McCaffrey getting coach of the year. Um, I think it'll go to Greg Gard. I've said that before, but uh, that loss in Nebraska probably didn't help the cause. But I mean, they still share the Big Ten title. So uh, Nebraska looks like a new team ever since Hoiberg was insured another year. Gary, I think Iowa was fortunate to go to to go to Lincoln and get out of there with a win a week ago. I didn't see the game today. Did the other um, the other kid not play? Was he hurt? I didn't watch. I didn't watch it. I did not watch um, it either. The freshman, I think, didn't play from what I heard. Um, and if he's hurt, that, that's going to hurt him. I mean, he's um, his name is escaping me right now. Number five. Remember what I'm talking about JMO from Nebraska, the freshman. Oh no, no. Uh, did he fracture his hand though? He has a hand injury. Yeah, and and, I'll, and I I think I saw where he didn't play today. Um, yeah, I, still I, want the name escapes me too, coach. I'll think of it. I can't believe Corey doesn't know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, did, I just knew that Johnny Davis got hurt, right? Yes, I heard Johnny that. Johnny Davis got hurt. Yeah, on that foul, who's his brother? Oh, um, the real good freshman, number five. Yeah, it was a flagrant one foul. One of the McGowan's brothers? Yeah, one of the McGowan's. Okay. Yeah. One of them, uh, one of them is out. I think the good Bryce, I think the good one might have been out. I'm not sure. Um, they won anyways. They won anyway. His brother's the one that um, it was a pretty bad shot on Johnny Davis, and he got tossed. Um, and um, they held Wisconsin. They were down nine, held Wisconsin without a basket the last five and a half minutes and came back and beat him on senior day there. So they must be playing a little bit better. Um the one thing I worry about is, uh, Jay, you probably remember this, in the Big Ten tournament, I think it's an advantage for the teams playing the early games um, and then when they play a team that hasn't played before, that obviously becomes a disadvantage if they keep advancing because they got to win more games. But the two teams that play, whether they Northwestern and Nebraska, they're going to have a little bit of advantage on Iowa having played a game. Um because I don't think fatigue sets in after, in in the second game. Now, if they were to advance and beat Iowa the third game, now fatigue would be a problem. So um, it's important for Iowa to come out and play sharp in that game and and uh, maybe take any confidence away um, from that team. Maybe that first game will go like seven overtimes and wear them out so that uh, uh, they'll be a little soft by the time Iowa plays them. But – um, as we mentioned, I think it's going to be a great tournament. Uh, there, there, there are about ten teams that got a shot of winning. I think um, maybe more, and so that makes for some pretty dramatic basketball. Question here from Ari Gold, James. He says, "Mr. Moses, would you have taken the ball to the rack there at the end as opposed to uh, taking a three? Well, I, uh, I mean, when you look, Chris had a great look. He did. Know? And, and Keegan, I mean, he gave it up and, and rotated the ball. And so when you have an opportunity like that, especially the way that they've been stroking and shooting, I mean, when you saw the ball, it it, it kind of danced around a little bit. And it just it was just one of those that just just uh, didn't it didn't go in, <laughs> and it, yeah. you know, as frustrated as it is. And, and it, it just 
I mean, you know, Iowa has nothing really to hang their heads down, you know, uh, for a game like this, to be on the road, to play against, you know, I guess now a shared championship with Illinois in the way that they were playing. And, and to have a chance, despite the free throws or the turnovers, you know, the things that led to, they were still in the game and, and at Illinois. I mean, you know, people don't sometimes understand how tough it is to beat teams on the road. And when you have, like what Coach was saying, 10 teams at least that have a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten tournament, I mean, <laughs> the Big Ten is very strong this year. And so uh, uh, I tip my hat off. Uh, uh, Chris just wasn't able to get that shot. But Iowa, uh, you know, I think they're going to come out running. I think they're going to be very rested. I think they're going to make free throws. I think they're looking for whoever is going to come their way. And I think they are the underdogs because they, you know, they they haven't gotten the respect really that they feel that they deserve. And yeah. uh, that's hard. That's that. Hey, that's hard to play against teams like that who don't have nothing to lose, but they mm -hmm. just want to play. Okay, I, I, I'm ready for Iowa. <laughs> yeah. well, you mentioned it. You know, in a, in a possession like that, you want a good shot. You want you want a shot that you can make. I mean, you could drive the thing all the way in there and have Coburn block it. I mean, it, I mean, it's. I get it, and then maybe maybe you could get a good shot around the rim, draw a foul, but they got a wide open look to a kid that has made a lot of threes, and I don't have a problem with it. That, that thing goes down, and we're all we're all thrilled. Um, <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of time on the clock. It's not like they had a whole lot of time to. They had to get a, their first good look, and they got a good look. You know, a lot of times in those situations, you watch some of the shots they go up, and they're they're not even they don't even have a chance. Uh, Wisconsin had the exact same situation. Which it tells you how crazy basketball is. It was almost the exact the same amount of time, and Hepburn goes down, and 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 they're only down one, I think. Uh, so a two is going to win the game, whereas we're down two. A three wins the game for us, and Chucky Hepburn banks one in. Won the Big Ten title, and Chris is wide open. And that shot's right. I mean, the angle was you know it was right there, and, and rims out. That's just the nature of the game. And then today, Hepburn's got a wide open three. Nobody even around him to win the game, and he misses it. Uh, and so, you know, that's just the way that's the way basketball is. And I give Chris credit. He had no hesitation. It was open. You know, there's a young guy hasn't you know is. Really, his first year of playing, he's he you know he's got the guts to take the shot and and um, more power to him. And I think you'll see him make some game winners, if not this year down the road as he develops. But good execution, they got a good shot. They just didn't make it. Yeah, I thought it was a, a great decision to go for three. I was I was saying that prior to uh, well each of those last. I mean, they went for three twice, right? Keegan gets fouled on the three, and and Chris gets the the attempt. And I, I thought that was I thought it was a wise decision strictly because of how the game had been officiated. Obviously, the crowd, um, you know, I was shooting free throws. I thought going for the win was smart. I don't know if that's is that in a coach's mindset, uh, Gary, that, you know, what projecting forward and, and predicting how you're going to play, how you're going to play in the overtime. Or, or are you just looking for the best shot available in that situation? I think you're looking for the best shot. And then and I was capable of making threes as well as take the ball to the rim. You know, some teams are limited and they've got a, you know, they've, they, they got less options. The, 
this team, as Jay Moa says, got plenty of options and they got a kid that's one of their better three-point shooters, a wide open basket. And Illinois people would have been complaining if that ball gone in, why they didn't get all the shooters covered up. <laughs> now they're celebrating a Big Ten championship because it didn't go in. Um, when they blew a free throw. Now, how about some of the plays they made down the stretch that were just dumb? El Coburn found a three-point shooter. Uh, Corbello fouling Perkins uh, at the rim. I mean, they made some really questionable decisions that got Iowa back in the game when it didn't look like, you know, they were going to win. They were down five, and then they have a wide-open three to win it. So uh, they made some good, good plays down the stretch. They just didn't get that last bucket. And I apologize to the callers who are trying to call in. I did shut down the call line because we were running out of time here, and I wanted to get to these last couple questions slash comments. Charles says, uh, for both James and Coach Close, given the Greg Gard, Juwan Howard incident, respectively, (laughs) if and who was the biggest trash-talking or complaining coach or player you've encountered? This is going to be an interesting response. Oh, that one's one's J-Mo's got to answer that, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The player that talked the most trash. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I, I other than yourself, other, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, that comments that I had with uh, Jimmy Jackson, but, uh, I would have to say, uh, 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 God, Lee, Ramil Robinson was one. Sean Higgins was another, uh, 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 Glenn Rice, you know, used to talk a lot. Um, who else? Oh, man, Steve Smith. I mean, you know, he for uh, Michigan State, he was very tough. He he talked. He 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 had he had the mouth, but he also had the game that represented his mouth. Uh, as in terms of coaches, I, I thought all the coaches were very dignified and and just very, uh, very professional, uh, uh, very competitive. Uh, yes, yes, indeed, they were, but not anything that was not you know, where they would trash talk you when you went by or say anything to you derogatory. I uh, just thought that the Big Ten just really had a lot of class and from the coaching staff. But, you know, the players, you know, they they you you find ways to say things to try to get up underneath someone's skin because that's the edge you got to have and you got to play with. <laughs> uh, so you're saying that, James, you're saying that Bob Knight was dignified? Well, I, 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 you know, Bob Knight just fought for his players. He had that uh, West Point kind of type of deal, and and uh, uh, he was a service guy. So you know, he 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 uh, demanded a lot of things. I had a good friend, Calvert Cheney, as well as uh, Gary Grant, and then uh, Damon Bailey, uh, who who played for Bobby Knight. And uh, they, you know, when we would get together during the summers. You know, they say, hey, that's, you know, a lot of it is a show. He had expectations, but a lot of it was a show. He just wanted to see people pour out their hearts, play with energy, play with passion, play with care, play with humility, play with selflessness, all those intangibles that made up a lot of the great Bobby Knight teams and stuff. You know, when you look at the head coach that's there now, and then when you look at former greats like an Isaiah Thomas and I, the list goes on. Uh, Jay Edwards, who coach was probably mentioning, that won the Big Ten championship when we were supposed to win my freshman year when we had B.J. Roy and Ed. So, you know, uh, uh, Bob Knight, uh, I didn't mind necessarily the talks because he gave me my best compliment 
after I tipped it in. And, uh, you know, he has that famous pat on your back or that pat on your head. And uh, he just said, man, uh, Moses, I thought you played. Uh, you were one of the difference of the game that helped to neutralize us. And, and, and Indiana was number four at that time. So, Wow. Would you echo the same thing about Bob Knight, Gary? Hey, Mo took him down. A tip in, took him down. Took down the Hoosier on their court, number four. Legend. Uh, okay, Doug says, uh, question for both of you. How is Ray Thompson eligible for 31 regular season games and not for the NCAAs? Never understood it. Well, yeah. I defer that to uh, Hunter Rollins. So. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, that's uh, it was it was it was unfortunate. We'll, we'll put it that way. Um, sometimes those things you're out of your control. And uh, the sad thing about it is, is Ray was a big part of our team. He was a terrific player. We had a good team and it happened the week of the NCAA tournament. So we're we're done the regular season. We're done. the uh, We're getting ready for the NCAA tournament. All of a sudden, one of our best players is not eligible and. And uh, so that's a, that's a blow. Um, uh, and who knows what we could have done that year if we'd had him. He was, he was very talented. And I did see somebody in the, the chat ask, who do you think is going for, uh, further in the tournament, in the NCAA tournament, Gary, Wisconsin or Iowa? <laughs> these guys love these questions, don't they? <laughs> oh, my goodness. They just try to get me. They want to get you. They want to get you, Gary. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, my goodness. Let's just worry about the Big Ten tournament first. And as I said earlier, I'm picking the Hawkeyes to win the Big Ten tournament this year. And, James, um, who are you picking for the, the Big Ten tournament? For the Big Ten tournament, I'm going with Iowa. Going with Iowa. I'm going with Iowa. And if <laughs> Iowa doesn't prevail – because that's where my mind and where my heart is at, uh, then I, I do like Matt Painter with Purdue. Yeah, I still think Purdue might be the most talented team in this conference. If they play defense, I think they can make it to the Final Four and certainly win the Big Ten title. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to make you answer this question. This is a different comment here, Gary. Ryan says, <laughs> Iowa versus Wisconsin, who do you want to win? I'm not going to put you on this spot there. Oh, man. I think Wisconsin, I think maybe they'll get upset before we get to the championship game. Well, and an interesting comment here. You were talking about Nebraska, and Jordan says, again, I didn't watch the Nebraska game. I know there's a hard foul on Johnny Davis, but Jordan says that Trey McGowan's got ejected. He says he may be out for the Northwestern game if I'm remembering the rules correctly. Is that how that works, or does the Big Ten have to look at that on tape? You know what? That's a good question. I should know it. Um, but it would not shock me, whether, whether there's a rule or not, that he won't be playing in that game. That was a pretty – that was a pretty hard foul. There, there was no, no, no going for the ball on that play. That was, um, that was not a good foul. So I, I would, I'd be surprised if he's playing against Northwestern. I'll put it that way. Okay. Final question of the day, and I'll, I'll ask you both this. And the reason I'm asking you this, I know we're, it's kind of an interesting timing for Ben's question here, because here we're heading into the postseason, neutral court season, if you will. But Ben has asked this question twice in the chat, so I don't want to ignore it. He says, could we ever create the same environment at Carver like the Illini have? Or would the big boosters not give up their seats? Would be huge for the Hawks moving forward. Gary knows I have a strong opinion of what Iowa needs to do. I'm not saying I have the perfect solution, but I do believe 
there needs to be a movement of the students. The students need to be around the court or at least behind the benches and not in the end zones all the way up to the top deck. Now, boosters would have to cooperate, but I think you can still find a way to make them happy. James, let's start with you. Do you have any thoughts on how to make the environment at Carver a bit more lively? Because, boy, back in, back in uh, you know, even towards the Alford era, I mean, not that long ago, there were games in Carver. I mean, on a regular basis, we're talking sold-out games. And there were good environments in Carver this year. I'm not taking – I know Gary's going to get upset if I say there, there have not been any good environments. There have been good environments, but it has not been – what we saw in the nineties or even early two thousands. Uh, I, you know, being honest, I, I just, I kind of been disappointed because I, I, I wish that Carver would pack, uh, the way they used to, when I played, it was 15, five. And, and that's not including the extras that would get in and bring out seats and benches or let you stand around. And I was fortunate and blessed to have played around, uh, when Carver was full even with the boosters and, and the student sections and all of that. Uh, uh, I'm hoping that they do find a resolution to uh, incorporate the students around uh, uh, the players' side of the bench. <laughs> you know, I, I know, you know, Hawkeye faithfuls, they love their seats and they, they make their contributions in their own way and, and we need those contributions and stuff. But it would be nice to have a mixed bag because I, I can see those students in the section with some of those uh, boosters and, and, and livening them boosters up and, 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 and getting them going. You know, and, and then I, I hope that there is a criteria that, you know, if you are of the age uh, that, you know, some brews can be, you know, uh, 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 celebratory, you know, around because we in Iowa, we do like our, our brewskis. And it would be nice to, you know, have that a part of the celebratory uh, 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 aspects of the game and stuff. So I'm hoping that they do find a resolution. Uh, that would be helpful because it, it, it it's a it's it's a, it's one of those marriages where you want the students around to help create that excitement that we see in other you know institutions. Gary, do you have anything? I know we've talked about it in the past, but uh, any thoughts yeah. on how to make the environment better? It's a it's a it's a tough deal. I think um, it's kind of the sign of the times that uh, uh, you know crowds are maybe not quite what they used to be, and it's it's not just in Iowa. Um, you know, it, when I was first at Wisconsin, we got it going. We had a consecutive sellout streak of some ridiculous number that, of course, doesn't exist anymore. And I think I think Michigan State and Illinois are maybe the only two arenas in the league that have the students around the edge. Um, I, I could be wrong on that. It's it's difficult because they're going to stand, and so then what do you do? Those people behind them are going to have to stand, and then that's a problem. And uh, both those people made their arenas such that you could have the standing and not bother the people behind them, um, which is, you know, which was smart. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. Uh, uh, but um, you keep playing the winning basketball they're playing. I think the, I think the, I think the people will come out. Um, and this team was a lot of fun to watch. And I, I think, I think it showed in the crowds towards the end of the year that got, bigger and more enthusiastic and um but i think with covid and 58 inch screen tvs and things like that it's tough to get people and and weird starting times and eight o'clock games on monday nights it's 
it's not easy. It's a tough, it's a tough uh, deal to, to get done. But um, I think one of the beauties of Iowa basketball is the loyal fans they've got. I mean, they travel well and uh, it's, uh, they, they deserve a lot of credit. We, Iowa's got some really, really good fans. Real quickly, I'll just bring this to just mention it to James. So my my thinking on how to improve and maybe logistically it's it would not work, but I believe you've got boosters sitting at midcourt on each side. So why can't we move all the boosters to one side, have all the students and I'm talking the opposite side of the benches, have the students behind those benches, and even if we have to take out a few rows to where there's bleach seating in there, that's gonna be a cost. I understand that, but have bleacher seating in there so that it, you're not blocking people behind you. And I think to have the boosters on one side and the students on the other would work. Um, obviously, not having a middle mezzanine is probably not ideal. In hindsight, my guess is that Iowa would love to have that. And I don't think – is there any way – do either of you know, is there any way you can add a middle mezzanine in a place like Carver after the fact? No, and I think one of the reasons why they didn't have it is because now every seat's the same. There's not a lower level and an upper level. Uh, and the upper level is going to pay less than the lower level. Uh, they're all one level. So you might be higher up, but you're on the lower level, <laughs> even though you're on the top row at Carver. So I think that's part of the reason. And I think it makes the arena kind of neat. When you walk in there and it's just straight down, I don't know how you feel about that, J-Mo, but I think it's, I think it's unique in that sense um, that I kind of like. But um, I can guarantee there's been a lot of thought on it um, and um, probably still is. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but it's not an easy, it's not an easy answer for it, um, for sure. No, and and like Coach Close was saying, it's it's not an easy ask, and and you know I'm looking at you know just different ways of you know from what people have shared and what they would like to see, uh, but you know you have to you know respect those that have supported and been around and and they they uh, financially. Uh, support those, you know, outings and those seats and stuff. So those contributions really help uh, the uh, the program. So I don't know. I, I, I really hope that they can find some way to, you know, resolve what would be, I think, instrumental. I think Coach Close also alluded to, I mean, you know, uh, we played a lot of games on Fox and, and a lot of those games have different times. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that's going on with the pandemic that has happened. So, uh, uh, it is hard. I think people would be out, would be out more, but you know, people are trying to uh, celebrate their own and celebrate their family. They they have other kids, grandkids, and friendships that are participating in sports, and that's one of the beautiful things about Iowa. They they love to support, and uh, it's just a it's just tough to try to get it going. But if you win. And you keep winning and you you keep sparking the level of interest that makes you exciting, then those fans find a way to be present. <laughs> well, I hear you. And, and that's certainly a conversation for a different day. We're, we're focused on the postseason. I was done at Carver. As sad as that is, bittersweet it is, it's good news because it means they're not playing in the NIT. They are uh, going to be in the NCAA tournament, no question about it. So to recap our game tonight, Iowa – falling to the Illini in Champaign, 74-72. to 72. Iowa, uh, 22 from Keegan Murray. Not as efficient as we're, we're accustomed to seeing from the what I believe to be a future lottery pick in Keegan Murray. 22 points, 7-22 from the field, 11 boards. Patrick McCaffrey did not play due to injury. Chris Murray 
with 13 points, four rebounds. Tony Perkins has been showing out. Three of his last four games have been stellar offensive performances. And if you can get that out of Tony Perkins once we hit tournament time and you get Patrick back, potentially, you got a lot of offense to go around. I mean, he scored, again, 72 points against a pretty darn good defensive team on the road without your maybe your second best offensive player in Patrick McCaffrey. I think that's arguable. Um, I think I was going to be doing just fine. And certainly you're not going to get many zero point efforts out of Jordan Bohan. And certainly this number has to change 10 to 22 from the field or excuse me, from the free throw line for the Hawks. It has been better though, Gary, you brought that up. This has been a very good free throw shooting team. Yeah, I expect that to change. So Iowa and the winner of Nebraska and Northwestern. So that game will be the Northwestern Nebraska game will be Wednesday. And we'll see if they're not, if they don't have Bryce McGowan's and they don't have his brother, that's going to be a real big hit for a Nebraska team that uh, like it or not, they most of the year have been by far the worst team in the big 10. They've gotten hot at the right time now and proved mm-hmm. their seating a bit. Um, any, any final thoughts on uh, this matchup or, you know, what we believe to be uh, maybe a Nebraska or a Northwestern matchup guys. Yeah, I, that, that'll be an interest, interesting game because the way Nebraska playing on Northwestern had a terrific final game, and they looked awful against Iowa um, earlier in the week. They looked really bad. Um, it's new life for those teams. You know, this is their chance to get in the NCAA, get hot, and win the thing, and you're in. Um, but I think Iowa's too good uh, for those two teams. I, I think they'll advance, and then it gets really – then the notch, the notch goes up because you get into the – the elite teams those last three uh, those last three days and uh, but I like the way they're playing uh, they they played really well down the stretch and and um, I think they got a chance to make a long run so I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah I think I think uh, uh, it's going to be tough for Nebraska if uh, uh, the player if that one player is out uh, I think that just creates an opportunity for Northwestern. Uh, I mean, if you look back, Northwestern, they, they were strong earlier in the year, but I just don't know what happened to them. Uh, I'm sure uh, Chris Collins has uh, uh, got them in the lab and, and getting them ready for Nebraska, especially, you know, uh, what advantage they have. But, you know, uh, I, I have Iowa going because uh, they they just one of those teams that is just very difficult to guard. They have the length and they have shooters. And if you know anything about the um, – uh, the tournament, uh, uh, momentum is everything. And if they can get the high end and they can shoot, they create disadvantages, they stretch the floor. And if Perkins, like you said, Corey, can continue to do what he's doing and and, and we can get a, the same kind of play we got out of Tucson tonight and Tyler Eulis can come in where they have that trio and, and you, you look at Patrick McCaffrey and Jordan Bohannon, you know, not having, you know, the, the com- contributions that they would normally bring to the table. Uh, I, I, uh, Coach, Coach McCaffrey got some things to, to, to play with, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Iowa does, especially how they respond, you know, against a game like they had tonight. The more wins in the postseason, the better. So they get the double bye. You look at the bright side. They got more opportunities at, at wins and memorable uh, finishes, hopefully, and um... – We'll be here to, to talk about it Thursday. This is going to be a weird. Are we are we doing a post game show Thursday, Gary? Or I mean, you're usually during the day. You're out in the links. So are we going to be able to? to oh, I'll be back. Show? I'll be back in the Midwest. I don't think it's links time quite there. So, um, let's plan on it. 
All right, you're not going to be down at the bowling alley or anything like that. There's no, 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 okay. no, no bowling alley for okay. me. <laughs> well, James, uh, it's been a pleasure to be able to, to get to know you a bit and, and certainly get your insight on uh, this year's team and just your career. I know we could have talked. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to have you back on. I mean, we'd love to be able to talk, reminisce more on your your time at Iowa and, and uh, maybe you tell us some embarrassing stories with uh, being coached with by Coach Close himself. Uh, who I'm curious, Jeez, who recruited you? Who recru- who was your primary recruiter, James? Uh, I had a mixed bag. Uh, when uh, Coach Davis was uh, at Stanford, uh, I was blessed to have my first offer uh, uh, when I was in the seventh grade. So uh, uh, Coach Davis uh, stuck with me, and I stuck with him. Was loyal. Uh, he was also uh, he retained Rudy Washington. Rudy Washington around the California area. He he knew it. Uh, uh, and knew me and, and watched me and, and knew we knew some of the same people. So uh, I had some, you know, uh, some great roots uh, that really was a part of uh, uh, um, uh, watching, you know, my, my talents and how it, it grew. Uh, I also had a chance, as I mentioned, uh, you wouldn't know, but Coach Close know and some of those that, that know uh, of Desmond Flood, who was a shooting coach. Uh, got a chance to work with him in the Huntington Beach, Ocean View area. Uh, may he rest in peace. But uh, he was really one that was instrumental in helping me uh, uh, with my trajectory in terms of my shot uh, um, um, so that it wasn't as streaky as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, uh, uh, those were just some of the things that uh, really blessed me an opportunity to play at Iowa. I have to extend a thank you to uh, Coach Close. Uh, for inviting me a part of you all's podcast. That was very nice and selfless of him. Uh, I'm always appreciative of Coach Close because he was one that, you know, helped me uh, during my transition when uh, I came from California to Iowa. And uh, that was a transition in and of itself. But, hey, now I wear uh, uh, T-shirts in 50-degree weather. So (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought? Who would have (laughs) thought? You stuck around. It's one of the cra- cool stories. You stuck around here, man. You, you're a California guy, and yet you stuck around here. So uh, Iowa must have left an impression. And certainly, given our our response, you being on the show, you've left an impression on Hawkeye Nation. So again, <laughs> thank you for your time, your your time as a Hawkeye, and your time on this show. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the show soon. Hey guys, thank you. All right, right. Jmo. Right. I'll tell you. Coach Gary Close, James, the one and only James Moses. I'm Corey Bratta from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We will talk to you Thursday following Iowa and either Northwestern or Nebraska. Take care.